Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ask the Anything presented by Mosher Consulting. I'm your host, Angel Leon, Mosher's Director of Personnel. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, after a well-deserved winter break. Ask the Anything is back for season three. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but again, season three. We're so excited. Bruce and Brian is here. And today we have a great guest to start us off. With us today is Brian Neal, current NFL referee slash umpire and founder of Blind Zebra, an elite sales and client success training company located right here in Indianapolis. We also have Mosher's Director of Business Development, Matt Wren, who's joining us to speak with Brian about his perspective from a sales standpoint. Brian, it's a pleasure to have you on Ask you Anything today. I didn't go too deep on your bio because I wanted you to tell us more about yourself, how you became an NFL umpire, and how Blind Zebra came to be. Yeah. Th so first, thanks for having me on. It's uh, great to be with you and uh, I've watched uh, your group over the years and it's really, really great to be here to chat about it. The, the question about a referee umpire is very funny, not funny, but it's a very confusing thing. So you think of a sports official generically as a referee, but there are seven referees, generic, on the NFL football field. We each have a different position. There's a referee, an umpire, a line judge, a down judge, a field judge, a side judge, and a back judge. So I'm technically in the field, the umpire. But if you said ref or ump, I'm going to listen either way. I know what you meant. But um, yeah, the, the backstory on Blind Zebra, I've been in sales my entire professional life. I started selling toilet paper for Procter & Gamble in 1991. And uh, over those years, learned and made lots of mistakes and got lots of help and, and became lucky a lot and unlucky a lot and uh, fell in love with coaching and development. And the only things I knew was personal development. That was kind of a passion of mine and selling. And I kind of put those two together and I've been doing this for about 23 years. I fancy myself a salesperson first and a coach second. I'm constantly selling my own deals. I'm trying to stay sharp. I make mistakes. I just had a situation this past week. I made a huge mistake with one of my biggest clients. And that's why we do this, do, do it to learn. It's the same thing like I do on Sundays in the football field. You work your tail off trying to chase perfection. Don't catch it. Learn from your mistakes and try again and try again. Blind Zebra is kind of a play on that thing. So I was thinking, I want to put my referee story in our brand. And I thought, how can I do that? So I put some nouns and adjectives down, like a big list of what they call us. And zebra was one of the nouns that they ump blue zebra. I'm like, that's cool. Then I want adjectives. Well, the problem is I couldn't say any of the adjectives in public because they're not nice words, but blind was just, I'm like, there we go. You're blind rough. I'm like, so that's where I came up with blind zebra and everything is on purpose. Our logo, the BZ is just kind of a, you know, punchy logo, but the yellow, we throw yellow flags. And that's why the yellow is part of our accent color. So it's all on purpose. Nothing fancy. I have so many questions about <laughs> the selling toilet paper at, as, as your <laughs> first job, but I'm, I'm going to stop there because I don't want to go down that route. Um, but, but that blind zebra bit, that's actually very clever because that's what most people say about umpires in the NFL. They're blind. You know, they, <laughs> so, they say other things. I know they say other things, right? Yeah, I, I bet they do. <laughs> But before we move on, Matt, uh, thanks for joining us as well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Hill. All right. So I want to start with a subject that I think is very neat, and it's something that I know you definitely talk a lot about, Brian. And I want to touch on the importance of building your own personal brand. When somebody hears that, what should be the first thing that comes to mind? How much would you say it has to do with the first impression? It's a really good question. I'm also a podcast host, so I hope this isn't offensive. I'm going to change your question. I think the first thing that they should think about is the last thing they should think about. Because mm -hmm. what most people do when you say personal brand is they think about the things that I don't think has anything to do with personal brand. So they think about things like Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, picture, influencer, 
videos, those sorts of things around personal brand. They think it's flashy. It has to be cool and clever. It has to be exciting and fun and all that jazz. And I don't think that is anywhere close to where people should start. The place that I think everyone should start when they hear personal branding is with their, this is a little, sounds a little hokey, but it's where I, I tell people to start with personal branding is their truly authentic self. That's where your personal brand starts and it can't start anywhere else. You can't build a personal brand from the outside in. And so many people try to do that. They're like, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to do my thing. And when I'm, I'm going to be this guy or that gal and do this and that, and it's all, if it's fake, it's fake. Everyone sees right through it. And all of us know these people, right? We see some famous people. We know Dr. Phil. If you know Dr. Phil's story, he built his brand because he was counseling Oprah Winfrey in a legal dispute. The Cattlemen's Association of Texas was somewhere, I don't know where, was suing her. And everyone's afraid of Oprah because she's Oprah. He went to her and said, hey, sis, you know, if you don't change your tune here, these guys are going to lock you up. Went real direct at her. And that's just who he is. And look at him now. You know, now he's one of the highest paid TV guys ever, but he's his authentic self. You don't see him in like a blue jeans and a medium t-shirt, do you? He wears a yep. suit and tie. It's Dr. Phil. It's who he is at his core. So the first play, when people say personal branding, you're like, where do I start? I don't even have a LinkedIn account. I don't know about Instagram. I'm not good on camera. You're starting at the wrong place. You start with your authentic self and your heart and soul and build it outwards from there. So building off of that a little bit more, um, obviously, if you're being true to yourself, right, that first impression always counts. It's, it's always, you know, it goes back to, it goes back to sales. It goes back to any interaction that we have with any other individual, any other organization. Without question. And when, you know, there's some generational, you know, transferring going on in the world right now, which I'm really happy about. So I'm a Gen Xer and um, then there's, you know, millennials behind us and then Gen Z. So my kids are Gen Z and they're in high school and college now. And then before me was baby boomers and the greatest generation. And when I was coming into business, a lot of the baby boomer generation as leaders, I never felt were their authentic self. So I was taught where I sold toilet paper was a Procter Gamble, love the company, love the people. Everyone always felt fake to me. It felt like we were putting on a show. We wore suits and we come in and I'm like, hey, I know, hey, how you doing, Matt? Nice to see you. How's business? Great. How's business for you? Good. You know, busy as I could be. Yeah. How's it going? Great. And I'm like, is everyone really like this? Like, I don't think they are. I'm, I know they're not because I'm not, I'm one of you and I'm not like that. And so the first impression when you try to, when you try to make one, I think you're dead on arrival. If I show up as me, I'm, I have nothing to worry about. Now, if I show up as me and we don't click, we're, that's good for both of us. The way I look at that. Cause we just shouldn't click. Cause whatever, you know, like I'm, you know, Brian's too over the top or he cusses too much or, you know, on hell's uh, too smart for me. He makes me feel stupid or the opposite. Like, man, I love NL. He asks great questions. I love hanging out with him. He gives me good energy. And then we connect. So for everyone's their authentic self, the right people find the right people. And we just don't have to worry about the rest. If we try to impress and try to make some sort of um, impression on people, I think we're in trouble going in. Yeah, I agree. Unless you're Matt and you're wearing a Michigan hat and then you're Matt. trying to you're trying to meet a client that's an Ohio State fan. Ooh. Hey. Hey, I'm used to doing that. So I'm even, <laughs> I mean, this is the first year we've won. So I'm just like, hey, you guys beat us all the time. And we go with that. But it, I mean, I hundred percent agree. Cause like even with the first company I came out of college with, we weren't allowed to have facial hair at all. And that's, I look like I'm 12 when I don't have facial hair, <laughs> uh, but you also had to wear um, a, a shirt and tie every day. And then on Fridays, you didn't have to wear a tie. And I was there for two years. Now they did give me some of the best training I've ever had, but 
that's not me. I'm not a suit and tie guy. Um, I'll wear a blazer with Yeezys, but I mean, that's just who I am. I mean, if you talk about building your brand, everybody knows that. Yes. And I'll give Matt some credit on his Michigan stuff. The guy's tried and true Michigan blue. No, no, no. Even when yeah. They were getting their tails kicked for years and he always came in, didn't he? Head to toe in the Michigan stuff. So. Yeah, I'm not taking anything away. I'm just saying if right now we had a client that was from, you know, the the Ohio State University. Uh, yes, that's great. Thank you for saying it'd be, that, too. It'd be kind of hard, you know, to bring him on board, right? Totally. <laughs> so well, then I introduced um, them to Caitlin or Paul because they, you know, Caitlin went to Ohio Yeah, State. truth. Right. There you go. And then Paul's a big fan. So he to try to make sure you line up the right ones and do that research before you meet them. That's great. That's where connections and, and goodwill, right? Yes. Get you the yes. right people. So let me talk about trust. How does mm. that come to play when it comes to personal brand? Mm, what a great question. I'm going to pull a little Brene Brown on you. Uh, Brene Brown's a kind of popular speaker, a woman from uh, Texas. She got real popular with a TED Talk. She talks a lot about trust. I love what she says. She talks about trust being earned over a long period of time with very, very subtle behaviors and decisions and observations with others. So it's not like I come in and like, Matt, trust me, these little things happen in our relationship over a long period of time. And that trust gets built better and better and better and better and better. Or it goes the opposite way, these little interactions. And I think when Brene talks about that, I think some things are the smallest little things. They could be the small, it could be, it could be an observation you make of how Matt might see me treat someone a certain way and it builds trust. He might hear me talk to a stranger, like maybe someone's like looking for cash or money on the sidewalk instead of me going, you know, no, get a job. You know, I say like, Hey man, what's up? I'm happy to help you out. He observes that he goes, Hmm, there's, there's a trust trigger there or the opposite. I think we observe that all the time and don't realize we're observing it. I think it's built over a long period of time in little bitty, bitty chunks. And it can be stripped in one decision. That's the interesting part. It's built over time and can absolutely be squashed in one decision. I got to say, I, we've all heard about microaggressions and all that. I call mm. those micro impressions. Oh, Steal on that one. Thank you, Al. <laughs> it's great. Micro so impressions. Matt, it's true. Yeah. So Matt, how would you, from a sales perspective, how would you implement that? You know, that first impression, that trust that you have to build from right off the bat, right off that first pitch. I mean, for, for me and how I, I lead my team is making sure that they're themselves. I mean, because if it, when you start faking who you are or, or trying to make a make-believe story or something else, you just get caught up with lie after lie after lie. And if then you forget what you told them and then they're mm -hmm. going to say, oh, what did I remember talking about this? And you probably won't. So if you start from the beginning, because even when I interview somebody, my number, my first question is when you walk into somebody's room, besides saying hello, when we did meet in person right now, we're starting to get back there. But besides taking their hand or saying hello, what should the first thing you do be? And I'll give the answer on here, but it's literally, it's literally look around the room, understand what's in their offices. I mean, did they go to like Brian's on there? You know, he sees IU, you see, you know, zebra, zebra, you see refereeing, or maybe there's Star Wars, or maybe there's uh, your family, right? Talking about your kids and your universe, like any common ground you can get with them to lead a conversation, especially in IT. There's a lot of IT individuals that don't want to talk. Now, there's a lot of IT individuals that do want to talk. So trying to be yourself and coming back to understanding what they want to find out about you as well. Now, also don't talk as much. I know Brian's helped me with that over the years. <laughs> you know, Brian and I have been together for seven years. 
and, and, and slowly start the conversation. So you have more of an ear than a mouth. Interesting. Good. Interesting take. Yeah, that's good. I like well, the idea of the, uh, I want to add to that. What Matt says, I think the, the drive, the internal drive is, is a sincere interest in others. That's, right. that's the philosophical thing. And then that turns into, yeah, looking around, asking questions, but asking myself, do I have a sincere interest in others? And when I'm prepping for a sales call, I'm ready to go in. We call that intention. Do I have the right intention? Do I have sincere interest in the other person I'm about to talk to? Or am I hoping that I get a sale here? That's bad intention. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking, kind of building off of that, how does having that successful personal brand translate to success for you or your organization? I'll tell you that. And I, when I get stuck on a question, I always just go to the, always when you get asked a question, not always, almost always something pops in your head, but then you like wait for something else and then nothing else comes. So you go with the first thing, the first impression part, the sales part, all that stuff. The moment that I get there, how I am is going to dictate how the whole thing goes. That's going to start with me versus externally to me, to somebody else. So that's my, that's my take. I think um, most people don't, most salespeople, most business people don't examine how they are with their energy before they go into an interaction. Mm. And I think that's, if I'm coaching someone or prepping someone or prepping myself, that's got to be that first stop is where's my energy it has to be the one that, that takes, that takes the forefront. Most people prep the external stuff. They prep, what am I going to say? What am I going to ask? What's going to be my pitch? What's my deck look like? They pitch all the external stuff. You know, how am I going to position pricing? That's all important. Beneath all that, though, is what's in here, head, heart, and soul stuff. And that's where that's where I think the answers are to your question. That's an interesting take because that takes me back to, you know, when people talk about when you're going to make a, a, a public speaking event, how you present yourself to the public is basically the energy. You want to you wanna give yeah. them energy. You want to take them up a notch. If they're just sitting there and they're just looking at you like, oh, I need to get through this half an hour speech <laughs> just to get out of here. But if you then mirror that energy, then you're more than likely going to not have a successful outing. But then if you're out there energy, engaging the crowd, getting the first guy in the first row. Hey, you tell me that you tell me this. Now you're, now you're engaging. Now you're bringing their energy levels up. Yes. I was like, yeah, Brian's taught me that, <clears throat> excuse me, for a long time. I mean, it's coming in. I, I still prepare for meetings. Don't get me wrong, but I'd rather feel it how it goes in the meeting. It's so much better, so much more genuine, so much more authentic when you're in the meeting and you can kind of, how do you pivot? Because you're, you're going to know when that person's not paying attention anymore. I mean, you're going to see it. And that's why, you know, even on the Zoom calls, I make sure that I always have my video on. I want people to see me and I ask them to do that. Um, I mean, Brian gave a great example in our peer group where um, one guy was eating a cereal and didn't want to turn his camera on. Yeah. And Brian asked him, he's like, well, we eat breakfast with, at breakfast meetings anyways. Go ahead, man. I'll grab some cereal too. Right. Um, but it is, it's so much more genuine and authentic to talk to somebody that way versus thinking about the cell. I have, Brian's taught me this, and this is something that's changed my life over these last seven years as just being a connector and a networker more than anything else. How can I help you out? Because I, and Brian knows me, I genuinely want to help whoever out. And even some of these stuff that I talk about that I do, it's not to brag. It's more about how can I help you get there? Because I mm -hmm. want to do that. You brought up uh, business development, basically sales. So having that personal brand in that space, and I'm going to ask you, Matt, how has that helped you, you know, on obviously on your current role with Mosier, but just in general, as a, as a, you know, as a business development manager, as a director for us here at Motion, how does that help you? 
I think the main thing is uh, anybody that I work with or anybody that my team works with or anybody at Mosier works with, we they generally know we want to help them. It's not we're in there to go raise bill rates, to go make, yeah, we got to make money. We're not a not-for-profit. But at the end of the day, they know that, you know, I'm building a relationship with them. I may not work with them January of 2022. It may be January of 2024. It's the long term. So how do I keep that relationship and just check in with them? And, you know, Shane White from Carter Logistics, one of the guys I've been friends with a long time. When I came to Mosier from my previous employer, I was like, I can't work with you because I'm a non-compete, of course. But he was like, we only want to do certain things like direct placements. He, he never thought he would work with us because, you know, I just didn't have a culture. And, you know, over, I just kept in touch with him. Didn't talk about sales. We talked about his kids. We talked about, you know, working out, CrossFit, things like that. And two years, he was like, I have this opportunity for you guys to help us. And he was like, you're the only person I've ever worked with that hasn't just called for, just try to, you know, make that dollar. And he was like, you really built a relationship with me. And it, I was the first call that he gave. And that's what I try to, to teach my team from our interns all the way up to our senior people to do the same thing. And we don't want to be used car salesmen because that's so many salespeople get that persona or get that negative energy towards them. And I, my team is, yes, we are competitive, but everybody genuinely wants to help our team mm. it, it, together. And I know Brian's helped me a lot with that. I know Brian could probably piggyback off that too with, you know, working with everybody. Yeah. There, there's also, there's an element here that I think we haven't talked about yet that's at play that a little bit Matt said triggered a thought. A good brand is actually polarizing. And that means a good brand gives people enough information in its brand to let the consumer, the person make a decision, whether they want to be a part of that brand, buy it, consume it or not. And when we talk about personal brand, I think we have to look at both sides of that. The goal is not to pull everyone in. The goal is to let everyone make the right decision to say, Matt's my guy, Brian isn't. And that decision be a good decision for them. Because he doesn't want people to be around him that don't want to be around him. Neither do I, neither do you. No one does. I don't, if, if I were, you know, if I irritate people, I don't want to be around you. I don't want to irritate people. And I'm not, I can't take offense to that either. I can't be upset about it. Because I know there are people that maybe irritate me or I don't want to be around. And there's the opposite too. There are people that want to be around. So that to me is a, uh, a really interesting thing to think about is the polarization. A good, a good personal brand should say, yeah, you're my person or you're not. And that's okay. Either of those things can live in the same space. So how do you, how would you suggest somebody that's listening to this that might be going through that process right now? How would you suggest they... I mean, for lack of a better term, cut ties or yeah. explore, you know, I mean, we're being, being honest great. here. Yeah, for sure. You, I love you it. explore the, the opportunity of just moving forward with a, just a different mentality. Yeah. A different person or different. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Well, you just said the end, the end, the answer, what you said on hell's, which is it's gotta be a mentality shift first. There's also the idea that everyone already has a personal brand. You just don't call it that. And it's your personality. And if you want to figure out what your personal brand is, all you have to do is ask 10 of your friends to describe you. That's all you have to do. Tell me about Angel. Tell me about Brian. Tell me about Brian. Tell me about Matt. Ask 10 of your best friends. They'll tell you. Like what, you know, and they'll tell you the goods, your best friends will tell you the goods and the bads. So your personal brand is already built. So that's the, that's the, my side of it. Then the other side, if I'm around, you know, if I'm thinking, oh, I'm in these relationships or it could be a business relationship or a personal relationship or a sales relationship where it's not serving me well, then I have to make the choice to make a different decision. I did this. I did this last January. I'm going to do it again, although it's going to be at a much less level. I was catching myself being triggered 
on social media by people who made me feel bad about myself, which is my problem, not theirs. I would see people doing things or saying things on social media and I'd sit there and, you know, I'm better than they are. Why are they getting, you know, how come 50,000 people are going to see them and no one's coming to see me? How come their podcast is bigger than mine? Mine's better. That's all my own inadequacies coming to play. So I had to ask myself, okay, if there are certain people that I'm the idiot who keeps listening to them, why don't I just turn it off? It's not their problem at all. It's me. So I did a social media cleanse last January. I cannot tell you how free I felt this year because the people that are still in my close sphere of, of social media and branding, almost all to a person lift me up because I did such a good job. I've even forgot there were a couple that popped in like on comments and other things. I'm like, how come I'm not getting this? Cause I, I I'm connected to them. Oh yeah. I muted them because they don't lift me anymore. And it's not offensive. And that doesn't mean that they're right. I'm wrong. I'm the one with the ego problem, not them. They're just putting out good stuff. That's them in their own way. So that was really helpful to me. A very tactical thing people can do a, a little social media cleanse. If, 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 if feeds irritate you or they don't lift you up, just mute them. You have to unfollow them. Just, just mute them. That's a great piece of advice. I mean, anybody from a personal or professional <laughs> yes. standpoint probably can get behind that. Yes. Yes. Oh, I agree. It's like keeping up with the Joneses. You know, that's what Instagram's done, yes. right? It's all these yes. people. They don't post the bad stuff. A lot of them don't, right? They're not going to put out there their bad energy. No. They're only going to put everything that's good from right. getting a new handbag to a new house to right. remodeling to traveling, right? And then people are like, well, why can I do that? Right. How come and that's you not can, but it's just, you know, it may take you a little longer to get there. Yeah. Or maybe that's not what you want to do, right? Yeah. I did it starting off this conversation. Because my wife and I go stay at the Cosmo the first weekend of March every year. And I'm like, oh, it must be nice, you know. And I saw that because I saw Matt's Instagram post. He's just sharing where he is, and, you know, <laughs> the whole thing. But what I'm not seeing is that his wife's there with him. She's pissed at him because he's got to do this interview or whatever. He's <laughs> too tired. He's want to be, you know, we're not seeing that part of it. We're seeing the beautiful view of the fountains. You know, she's in the other room, door closed. Ex- whatever. You know what I mean? So we can go yeah. Have lunch yeah. And so. the room's a mess or what? I mean, we, no one sees yeah. that stuff. We just see all oh, right. the fountains. Wow, those are great. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. It's true though, isn't it? It's true. We all it do is. it. It's very we true. Yeah. It. We, we all do it in some form of fashion. In some so, form, yes. so we can finish this off and we can let Matt go, uh, have lunch. Uh, oh, that's very right, important. Yeah. You got to score brownie points there. Yes. Um, <laughs> so speaking of sales professionals and one, I want to end this, uh, on this note. So what skills should a sales professional have for the future? What would make them successful? What skills, what addition to their skills? would make them successful. This is a very buzzy topic right now. And I'm, I'm bullish on a couple of things. I'm, everyone has to get comfortable here. Number one, everyone has to be comfortable selling through video camera. Everyone's going, I don't like the camera. I hate Zoom. I'm going to go back to face-to-face. Good for you. It's not going anywhere. Everything from the health and the COVID and all that jazz, but now to efficiency of lack of travel. I don't have to spend all this money traveling around. And I'm a face-to-face guy. I'm not saying I'm not. But if you can't look at the green light in the camera and have a good presence and have good lighting and a little mm-hmm. around you with really nice microphones, you're going to get caught. I'm telling you, I don't care what you sell. You've got to invest in this, even the technology that you have, that I have, the microphones, the experience, there's lighting around here that all that's made. You've got to be able to sell to the camera. That's the first thing. Second thing is you have to get comfortable with the, the now this is the external social media that you have to get comfortable with selling and connecting electronically via social medias, LinkedIn, TikTok, and Instagram, that that's going to continue to be a part of the sales process. 
And those who have not, and I'll just stick with LinkedIn because it's the easiest and the most, the one that's the most about business. The people that still dabble in LinkedIn are going to get blown by. You have to learn to execute on LinkedIn and do things and leverage it as the tool that it is, which is my favorite tool in business, hands down, versus just scrolling, scroll, 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 like scroll, scroll. That doesn't work. You've, you've got to get intentional about it. Those are my two big ones, selling to video and specifically selling through social, but LinkedIn. I 100% agree because I think, you know, even these conferences are going to be, you know, 50-50. They're going to be some person, people that feel comfortable going on site and then some people that want to be over video. Um, but I think the biggest thing too is get outside your comfort zone mm. because there's a lot of people I want. They want to stay, let's say it's in their little bubble or whatever it is. They don't want to get outside it. Well, to grow, you're going to have to get outside it. You're going to have to go talk to other people, understand how, what they do, and then flip that into what you think is best for yourself because everybody can give you advice, but you only want to take the advice that you can make sure that you keep your own, go back to the brand thing, keep your own. It's your brand though. To eat, you're like, oh, I like what Onhill said. I liked what Brian with an I said. I like what Brian with the Y said. Okay. I'm going to flip all three of those to way I'm going to deliver that. Mm. And I think that's, mm. it's key for everybody it is learning from everybody. You're, you should be a forever student, no matter what. Brian saw me that. I think our peer group, we all talk about that. We we're all until, if you think you're at the top, you should no longer be there because you're never going to be at the top, no matter what. I don't care if you're whoever you are that, you know, the biggest CEO out there to, you know, the intern, everybody has growing to do no matter what. Yeah. I, I love all the, bits of advice that you guys have just given. Because Brian, just to go back to your first piece of advice, you talk about people having to get comfortable with the camera. Just what we were talking at the beginning about what you have on camera, what we see, mm -hmm. you talk about displaying and, and being uh, your personal brand. What you have behind you is personal brand, is what yes. you believe in, is what you, what you trust. And then the social media aspect of it, as you mentioned with LinkedIn, that's something that I'm curious about because I enjoy LinkedIn a lot. I find myself actually enjoying it even more than the other social media platforms. I don't know if it's because the content is more geared towards business and not so much the other stuff, the other influx of news and things that we get in the other platforms, but I do enjoy it. How would you say people should leverage something like LinkedIn? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so everyone is on a spectrum with LinkedIn. Uh, I was a really early adopter, not because I'm some visionary. I just got on there. I was just kind of a social media junkie anyway. And I'm like, this was the newest, best thing I got on, you know, when they were less than a million users, I think they're up to, I think 850 million yeah. users now organically I've got, I think I'm almost to 17,000 connections and I've accepted every one of them or sent every one of them. So I'm not this like, you know, open networker, except everybody, everybody I get screened with. And what I found is the number one magic trick to LinkedIn is persistence. You just figure out an intentional way to engage on LinkedIn on a regular basis, meaning daily, you can't lose in the long term. If you go pedal on, pedal off, or you dabble or whatever, it doesn't work for you. So what I love to, to think of when people say, I, I found myself enjoying LinkedIn, or they say, I like LinkedIn, or I'm learning a lot, is I love people to say, like, I use LinkedIn. It's my number one tool. And to do that, you have to put a plan together. We actually have a planning document. I can send to you guys a LinkedIn planning document that basically just puts everyone on the spectrum wherever they are. Even it, it starts, if you don't have an account, it will put you on the spectrum, right? Step one, open an account. Do you have 150 connections? We'll put you on, you know, some people have 17,000 connections and put 19 videos a day up. Wherever you are, doesn't matter. We just put this little plan and all you do is execute the plan. You have to do, be intentional about it. 
So we say thing, we teach people to say, okay, I'm going to do two LinkedIn videos per month, every month for the year 2022, every month. So I'm going to say, you're going to do a thoughtful comment. You're going to do a passive comment. You're going to ask for four connections a month via connections on LinkedIn through your conquest list. Very prescriptive behavior that you can say you did or didn't do. That's how to use LinkedIn, not just like dabbling. And Matt, I like your piece about being, you know, just being there. This has been such a fun conversation. I know that we got we got to go, but uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate it, Brian. It was a pleasure to have you with us. Just a great breath of, of fresh air to bring here to ask you anything. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on the show. We'll talk toilet paper next time. How's that? <laughs> I love it. All yes, right. please. <laughs> Cheers. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening in to this week's edition of Ask You Anything presented by Mojo Consulting. We hope you enjoyed listening to our guests, Matt Wren and Brian Neal, talk about the importance of building your own brand. Join us next week when we continue to dive deeper with our resident experts and what they're currently working on. And remember, if you have an idea or a topic you'd like us to explore, please reach out to us through our social media channels. In the meantime, please remember to give us a rating and subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, keep building your personal brand. So long, everybody.